Before we start, I have an announcement. My next book of poetry, Out of the Dust, is now available for purchase from Amazon.com. Out of the Dust is a collection of poems inspired by the Book of Mormon and is generally concurrent with the weekly readings in the Come Follow Me resource published by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'll repeat this reminder at the beginning of each episode throughout November and December, during which Out of the Dust will be on sale for 50% off regular price. That's just $6 per copy for the paperback version. That's Out of the Dust, Book of Mormon Poems by Mary Jane Rice. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Follow, a Latter-day Saint scripture poetry podcast. My name is Mary Jane Rice. Thank you for joining me today. The lesson this week is a celebration of Christmas. The poem I'm sharing today was inspired by the story of the prophetess Anna, as recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. If you'd like to read along, you can find this poem on my website at maryjanerice.com. Let's begin. Anna, a prophetess. I was blessed, really. So many widows are left with small children to feed and no means to do it, but asking alms at the temple gate, poor mites. My husband was better than ten sons, though he gave me none. Only affection and tenderness, wealth to keep me comfortable after his death, more empty time than I could spend. I had enough to tempt new suitors, hagglers over my loneliness, but I didn't want another husband. Why try fate? Instead, I did what other widows do, went to the temple to beg. And how I begged, poured out my youth in prayer, troubled heaven night and day for some small morsel to fill my barren fast, pled with a vengeance for the Lord to hear me. Until today, after eighty-four years, I heard him wailing in the courtyard, overtired and wriggling in his mother's arms. Some days you see in an instant how really blessed you are. Before our discussion, I have a reading recommendation for this Christmas season. If you are looking for a fresh take on the Nativity story, I recommend you check out Stone Manger, The Untold Story of the First Christmas by Jeffrey R. Chadwick, an archaeologist and professor of religious education at BYU. Last I checked, a Kindle version was available for only $3. It's easy to read and written in an engaging narrative style. I think uh, tweens could understand the content pretty well. One of the things I love most about Christmas is learning how different countries and cultures celebrate this season. I remember when I served at the Washington, D.C. Visitor's Center about 30 years ago, one of the displays we set up for Christmas included nativity scenes from all over the world. To me, it is entirely natural and understandable that people who love Jesus would depict him as coming from their own culture. They are in a sense showing that they consider him to be part of their own families through this artistic expression. I have a memory that I hope I didn't dream, but you never can tell with me, of a painting I once saw of Spencer W. Kimball depicted with Filipino features. The artist explained that she loved President Kimball so much 
She wanted to show that love by adopting him into her culture and heritage. Reading about the circumstances of Jesus' birth helps me to see him more as a mortal human. We often focus on his divinity. Jesus' birth story places him more firmly in our world as one of us, though he is the God of us all. It also helps me realize that you don't have to be born in optimal circumstances or great wealth to perform meaningful work in your life, and people don't have to note you personally to note the significance of your effect on others. My poem today was based on the account of the prophetess Anna, who encountered Joseph and Mary when they brought Joseph to the temple to perform a redemptive sacrifice on his behalf, as required by the Torah. How did this meeting come to be recorded? I assume it was Mary herself who related the experience since Anna would have been long gone by the time Luke started writing his gospel, which means Mary must have talked longer with Anna to learn her background. Without Mary's recollections, perhaps many details of Jesus' life would be lost to history. Not much is known about Anna other than what the New Testament relates. Wikipedia lists her details as simply that she was a prophetess, she was a daughter of Phanuel, she was a member of the tribe of Asher, she was widowed after seven years of marriage, and she was a devout Asherite Hebrew who regularly practiced prayer and fasting. Because we know so little, I started imagining what her story might have been. How was she financially able to be at the temple every day for so many years? Did she have any children of her own? Why didn't she remarry? I came up with the bare bones of a backstory for her that she was a wealthy widow who wanted a special blessing from God that inspired her to her lifelong worship and personal sacrifice. The lessons I learned from Anna's example include that I should pursue truth for as long as it takes and into whatever avenues God directs me. Also, I should be sensitive to spiritual promptings and watch for signs. And most importantly, I should bring my gifts to the Lord and worship him for my whole life. Now I'll read the poem for you again. Anna, a prophetess. I was blessed, really. So many widows are left with small children to feed and no means to do it, but asking alms at the temple gate. Poor mites. My husband was better than ten sons, though he gave me none, only affection and tenderness, wealth to keep me comfortable after his death, more empty time than I could spend. I had enough to tempt new suitors, hagglers over my loneliness, but I didn't want another husband. Why try fate? Instead, I did what other widows do, went to the temple to beg. And how I begged, poured out my youth in prayer, troubled heaven night and day for some small morsel to fill my barren fast, pled with a vengeance for the Lord to hear me, until today, after eighty-four years, I heard him wailing in the courtyard, overtired and wriggling in his mother's arms. Some days you see in an instant how really blessed you are. This week I have some extra song lyrics to share. This set of lyrics is a lullaby contrasting the baby Jesus in the first verse with the adult Jesus in the second. 
It follows the format and theme of several other Christmas lullabies sung from the point of view of Mary. I wrote these lyrics for my own mother when she was serving a mission in the New Jersey Morristown mission. She wanted a new song for a group of young women to sing in church during December. At the end of the podcast, I'll include a digital recording of the accompaniment she composed to go along with with the lyrics. Now I'll read them for you. One. Ten tiny fingers, ten tiny toes, soft newborn baby as fresh as a rose, one perfect son for a mother to love, one perfect child sent from Father above. See the Lord Jesus glowing with grace. See Mary smile as she touches his face. God has descended to live among men and make us all one with our Father again. Nails pierce his hands and nails pierce his feet. A halo of thorns crowns his countenance sweet. One perfect son to love all mankind. One perfect Savior our chains to unbind. See the Lord Jesus glowing with grace. See Mary weep as she touches his face. God has descended to die for all men and make us all one with our Father again. That's all for today. You can find more of my poetry at facebook.com slash latterdaysaintpoetry or visit maryjanerice.com. That's M-E-R-R-I-J-A-N-E rice.com. My contact information is in the show notes. Please stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear a digital recording of the lullaby one. Thank you for listening. May your time spent in the scriptures this week be rewarding. Thank you.